Hello, folks. Welcome to another episode of Catch Up, the podcast about contemporary hip-hop that examines where hip-hop has been, where it's going, and where it is. I'm Jordan Suwami. I'm James Rathbone. And today, we are talking about beefs. Talking about some of our favorite beefs uh, from hip-hop history. And we're not going to just cap. We're not going to talk about the the major obvious ones. We're not going to talk about Biggie and Pac. Um, we're not going to talk Drake about... and Pusha. We already did. Yeah, Jay Z Nas. We'll leave that one for later. Jay Z Char- Nas, Charles Hamilton, and about a uh, Soldier Boy. Charles Hamilton and Soldier Boy. I forgot about that one. Yeah. I'm sure half people listening are like, "Who the fuck is Charles Hamilton?" <laughs> and that's a shame. Yeah, we'll talk about him at some point for sure. Yeah, he's, a, he's interesting a, case. Interesting um, case. But we want to thank you guys, everyone who's contributed to the Patreon. We have 14 patrons, and thank you guys very much. Um, it might be even more by the time that people are hearing this. It's true. Lord, Lord willing, and we, Patreon's willing. <laughs> we appreciate your support. It's going a long way in continuing to allow us to do the podcast and do bigger and better and more ambitious episodes. So yeah, we just want to shout out. I just want to shout out some of the patrons as we we mentioned. Uh, one of one of your rewards is that you get a shout out on air. Uh, so we're going to shout out a few of them right now. Mm-hmm. Just want to shout out uh, Tim W, our man in Pennsylvania. Tim uh, and I go way back <laughs> to the to the early two thousands, um, and it's just great to, to that he's a f- fan of the podcast. He's a big podcast head. Mm-hmm. Tim, he's put me onto a lot of podcasts. So Tim, thank you very much. Um, also want to shout out our man, Triple Ryan, just a real Boosie mm. Fade OG, a Boosie Fade all-star, um, a fashion king, fashion mm-hmm. icon, um, just just a man of, of, of many talents and, and many taste. interests. Many, yeah. yeah. Uh, shout out Triple Ryan. Uh, shout out Amber. Me and Amber go way back. You already know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> she might know what it is um shout out to our man eddie a out mm. in california eddie we appreciate you man thank you for your support thank you for spreading the word about catch up in cali and i want to shout out our man chris C- b who's out in uh somewhere around ottawa i feel like mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the greater gatineau uh, region there you go uh chris we appreciate your support thank you very much for contributing to our patreon and continuing uh the growth of catch up so that's it for this week on the shout outs but uh, if you guys would like to contribute to the pa- the catch up patreon and allow us to continue to grow allow us to continue to do really ambitious episodes re- research intensive stuff Allow us to continue to pay our, our producer, Kyle, who is the only reason this podcast is, is going. Um, you can just go to patreon.com slash catch up podcast, and it would be a big help for us. Yeah. Um, you know, you probably spend money really recklessly on lots of things in your life uh, that don't actually improve anyone's uh, well-being, including your own. This you know, <laughs> goes to help three, you know, upstarts in the podcast world. And so it's a real heartwarming story in that regard. And ultimately you, because... Um, you get to listen to catch-up. You get to listen to catch-up. Okay, so for the next two weeks, we want, we're want we kind of going to do a little mini-series mm-hmm. where we talk about some of our favorite underrated beefs in hip-hop history. So each week we're going to do two, epi- two different beefs, mm-hmm. and we're going to just break them down, talk about some of the music, and talk about the outcomes of those beefs. Yeah. Um, beefs are, you know... As long as, you know, I mean, in some of these beefs, some violence does happen. But generally speaking, beefs are, are kind of one of the most fun parts of rap music, just for the hilarious insults and sort of 
intrigue that happens behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. You know, so violence aside, like beefs can be an incredibly entertaining part of rap history. Yeah, I would prefer if, if none of the beefs had violence. Mm-hmm. I just like want to hear people make fun of one another for wearing open-toed shoes. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so let's get into it. So, uh, Jordan, if there was one rapper that you wouldn't want to get into a beef with at any period in rap history, who would that rapper be? Uh, It would probably be Gucci Mane from 2004 to 2015. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And unfortunately, a few people had the misfortune of getting into a beef with him. Uh, And the first one, the most notable one, was a rapper from Atlanta named Young Jeezy. Young G, I can't not think of a of like uh, you know Akon. Akon Young Jeezy, yeah. Soul Survivor. Yeah, Young um, Jeezy. And the the story <laughs> of of Gucci's beef with Jeezy is so interesting because it's like it essentially all plays out in music and in the music media. Mm-hmm. Um, so the story is around 2005. Young Jeezy was at this very unique point in his career, a unique point in any career at that time even, in the sense that he was signed to uh, Diddy's Bad Boy South as a part of a group called Boys in the Hood. They had this one great uh, single called Boys in the Hood. And if you go back and listen to that song, you hear, as soon as Jeezy starts speaking, you're like, oh, who is this guy? This guy's going to be a superstar. Yeah, the other guy's kind of, I mean, Gorilla Zoe was in that group, I think, replaced Young Jeezy, but otherwise it was pretty not so notable not notable some decent jody breeze is all right yeah. you know there's some decent rappers but nothing ever ha- came of them but so Jeezy was a part of this group and at the same time he also had a solo career on def jam that was coming out mm-hmm. which in the 2000s like i mean there that really wasn't happening where you had a rapper who was like a part of a group on one major label then also a solo artist on a completely different major label yeah it was i think it was just it was just very clear to a lot of people in the industry that Jeezy had star power written all over him mm-hmm. and so Jeezy has like his single you know he's, he's whatever his career is like starting off as well he links up with this guy from Atlanta who's kind of coming, who's known in the in the street world of Atlanta, who's just start, a burgeoning rapper named Gucci Mane, and they collaborate together on a song called So Icy. Let's listen to a little bit of So Icy right now. Got a house around my neck and my wrist don't chill. In a given time, 250 in your grill. All I do is talk shit. You can even add a couple grand for my outfit. And the song is a becomes a pretty big regional hit and crosses over into uh, the national, you know, national scene and becomes a pretty big, pretty big song. Mm. And then there becomes a disagreement over whose song is it. Mm-hmm. So. The song is an, a, an initially Gucci Mane song, 
But Jeezy appears on the song and he feels like the song's success is due to his appearance and is like, okay, great. Like, yeah, no, like, give me the song for my album. Mm-hmm. And Gucci Mane's kind of like, nah, man. Yeah. And then a beef springs out over this. Yeah. And I mean, essentially this becomes like the defining beef of of their careers. I mean, um, to this day, it sort of it followed them for a very long time. I mean, Jeezy seems like a something of a reasonable man to me, but you know, Gucci Mane was not. Not <laughs> until he got out of prison and you know had his big comeback and his whole lifestyle change. I mean, maybe Jeezy's reasonable, but he really kind of poured the kerosene on the beef That's by. True. On the, he made a, a diss song towards Gucci called Stay Strapped. And at the end of the song, he put a bounty on Gucci Mane's chain. Um, let's listen to the end of Stay Strapped and listen to what Jesus says about <laughs> you it. You bitch ass nigga. Fuck nigga wearing Jerry curls in the sophomore year. Nigga, he was a whole nigga. We know about you, nigga. What you mad because I was shining in your video? Fuck boy, you couldn't take it no more, nigga. You can't assassinate my character, nigga. I ain't acting. <laughs> Nigga, it ain't a real Jacob you wearing either, you fuck ass nigga. Jacob said he did not make that watch. And you need to get that out of real talk, nigga. Let me show you my G like, my crippin' like, nigga. Any nigga claiming what I claim, nigga, that nigga come from the city of town, nigga. Handle that, nigga. The nigga hide from me, dog. Nigga talking all tough, nigga running and hiding and shit, nigga. Real talk, nigga. And I want that motherfucking bullshit ass icy chain. Because you need to take that monkey shit off. You embarrassing us, nigga. Matter of fact, real talk, nigga. I got a bounty on that shit, nigga. Ten stacks, man. You know G's a pay, nigga. I know that shit ain't worth that much, nigga. I'ma turn it back in, nigga. Cause the nigga's embarrassing us, cuz. So if he come to your town, he just happen to snatch that motherfucker off his neck. Or knock that motherfucker off his neck. When I come to your town, shoot it to me, I'ma shoot the And then, a few weeks to months later, um, Gucci Mane is leaving a strip club with a dancer who says, like, come back to my place. I'll p- you can play me some of your new music and maybe I'll come out and dance to it. So he goes to her house, gets ready to start playing the music. And then quickly, like, four men burst in wearing masks and holding weapons. And it's a honeypot. What's that? A honeypot, if you will. If it, Some will. <laughs> or, okay, a honeypot. A honey trap? A honey... Honeypot. Honey honey yeah, honeypot. That's right. That's the right term. Sure. I, I'm not familiar with this term. It's like when, you know, a lady leads a man to trouble by sort of offering the honey. Getting the honey is full of bees. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I do. It's, it's like, like, the, it's like Winnie little, the, Pooh. the Lil Wayne, uh, Kendrick Lamar song. From, <laughs> yeah, exactly. From last year. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. So in the honeypot, uh, these guys attack Gucci. He manages to punch one of them, grab his own gun, mm. and sh- starts shooting his gun mm. uh, and hits somebody. And kills them. Kills them. And they find the guy's body a, f- a day later mm-hmm. near a school. <laughs> I think I think I think he was just trying to dispose of it, and then they probably got tired or something. Yeah. But so Gucci Mane is arrested, mm. and the police kind of like talked to him, but they eventually decide that it, it's very clearly like a, a case of self defense. Mm. So there's no criminal charges, mm. and also the guy, uh, the, the guy who's killed, is named Henry Lee Clark the third, also known as Pookie Loke, and he is associated with Young Jeezy. So, I don't know. It doesn't really take a mathematician to put one and one together here. But for years, Jeezy didn't really talk about this situation and denied having any involvement in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, he did eventually talk about it, but it, it, w- it was just kind of a thing that was 
you know, kind of brushed under the rug a little bit. Yeah, or like people just didn't really know how to deal with the situation because, like, you it's you weren't going to get confirmation, but essentially everyone seemed to to assume that this was somehow related to the bounty that Jay Z put on Gucci's mm-hmm. chain. So after this, um, Gucci Mane becomes sort of one of the most prolific artists that ever was. Um, Starting kind of like late 2007, 2008, he just starts releasing like a mixtape every month, almost, it feels like. And part of this is that there's every so often there is a new song that is at least kind of dissing Jeezy. Um, frankly, there, like while I was doing research on this, I couldn't, like, the, I couldn't find out how many there were. There are that many songs where he disses him in some way, whether it's like a full song dedicated to him or just like a jab. So on there's a song called Round Round One, there's a song called War, uh, and so on and so forth. But that said, none of these are sort of seen as being like kind of knockout blows. And Jeezy fires back a little bit, but on the on the whole, he doesn't seem so interested in uh, sort of perpetuating the beef at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, pr- you know, probably because it had already resorted to violence <laughs> in Jeezy's career. Jeezy at this point was a huge mainstream star. Mm-hmm. Gucci was like kind of always on the the edge of the mainstream mm-hmm. for a lot of this time. And I think that it's just career-wise, it didn't really make sense for Jeezy to have to, you know, step back into this arena with Gucci on a full-scale level. Mm-hmm. But I think that the, the moment the beef really took a turn in my opinion and kind of got like maybe at least musically to a definitive level of, mm-hmm. of won or loss yeah. was in 2012 where Gucci Mane did this very famous interview uh, or infamous interview on the breakfast club. And this is like Gucci at the height of Gucci being a terrifying person. Mm-hmm. He was uh, cl- clearly doing a lot of drugs. He was drinking a lot of lean at the time mm-hmm. he had, you know, he was just a menacing guy. So he's at the breakfast club and it's very apparent that everyone there is terrified of him. Mm-hmm. Char- Charlemagne's afraid. Mm-hmm. DJ Envy's afraid. Angela's afraid. Everyone just like, they, they, they also seem to talk to him like they know that anything they say could set him off. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to be very careful. But Charlemagne is Charlemagne. So he's always like poking the bear. Yeah. And he, act, he asks Gucci like, what's the deal with you and Jeezy? Mm-hmm. And Gucci essentially says like, it's, it's like whatever. It's like, you know, it's like we... He said, just says we have beef, but we're not like it's not active, you mm-hmm. know. And he's like, he's like, I was at a birthday party last week. At, last week, uh, like I was at Ti's birthday, and Jeezy was there, and like nothing happened, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like you know, so you know that sort of situation. And then I think a few days later, Jeezy appeared on a radio show, and the people at the radio show asked him about this Gucci Mane interview, mm-hmm. and Jeezy says, "Oh, Gucci Mane, that boy," and then he says the R word which I'll mm. let you imagine what that is. Mm-hmm. And then literally one day later, Gucci Mane releases one of the most vicious diss songs <laughs> I've ever heard, mm-hmm. I would say. It's a song called The Truth, which goes over essentially everything we just told you. It, it It's like the song narratively is just perfectly constructed, like mm-hmm. the video too, because it, it basically lays out the, the entire beef mm-hmm. ju- just as we had. And then adds more to it by like Gucci Mane speaking on it in a way that he'd never spoken on it before. Mm-hmm. And the video is like, once again, just to like 
reiterate, this is Gucci at the height of his most terrifying. Mm-hmm. And and it's so apparent in the video where he's hanging on the back of this like town car mm-hmm. and he's rapping to the camera it's in like a way that seems dark. Yes. In a way that seems both detached and just incredibly menacing. Yeah. And lyrically, it's just on point. I remember around this time that Gucci Mane would just go to the mall by himself to just show that no one would rob him in Atlanta. That if he was just like walking by himself in the mall with like his chains on, like and like people would approach him and he'd be like, "What?" And mm-hmm. nothing ever happened to him. Which, like, if you know how it is for like rappers in, especially like with a profile like Gucci, if they go out with their chains on and in you know the mall in Atlanta or like the strip club by themselves, chances are someone is going to try and press them just mm-hmm. for to get a, a rep. Yeah, and I, I mean one of the things I really liked about this song is that. Gucci Mane released it the day after this this Jeezy interview, mm-hmm. and he quotes him. Um, he says, I believe the line is like, 30 chains going, they ain't took one yet. Ain't nothing R-word about Gucci except this gold Rolex. Oof. Oof. That is just good writing. Yeah. Let's listen to Truth by Gucci. The chains going and they ain't took one yet. And they were taught about Gucci, but this gold Rolex. A $10,000 bounty put on my neck. I hope you didn't pay them because they didn't have no success. You saw my interview, nigga, and you got upset. I seen your interview too, you look oh so stressed. I think the nigga just mad because I fucked this ex. And I'm a big dog, he got the little boy complex. Go dig your partner up, nigga, bet he can't say shit. And if you're looking for the kid, I'll be in zone six I hear the birthday party fresh, you and your homeboy tip I know y'all see me over there with that black phone feel I bought a Bentley Moon, son, it look just like chips But I never went platinum, do you catch my drift? I never let a nigga do me like chip did flip This the same shit that got big and Tupac killed Scooch <laughs> Okay For the record, uh, this to me, the hardest line record. on that record is, go dig your partner up. I bet he can't say shit. It's like, yeah. wow. I mean, Goes honestly, all the way there. it really does go all the way there. I think my, my whole feeling and opinion about like hip-hop beef, even between the time that this came out and now is like so different. That's true. You know, like I, like for me, like I, like I love a good beef but I don't love any beef where somebody might get hurt. Mm. Like that is just like, it's just so not worth it to me. Yeah. You know, like if you think about it, it's like a lot of these, these artists come from places that where they're surrounded by violence and poverty. Mm-hmm. And then by virtue of them rapping most of the time, they're no longer in those circumstances. Mm-hmm. So the idea that making music could get them back to those circumstances yeah. is just something that I just cannot abide by. Yeah. And this situation is just like clearly like, you know, a mixture of like street shit and music industry shit that then just like took a took it to another level. Mm-hmm. And just like narratively though, mm-hmm. narratively though, Gucci Mane saying this stuff about like, you know, having, you know, go dig your partner up, like all that stuff is just like, wow, like this motherfucker is really some real storytelling shit right here. Yeah. You know, he's really he's really giving you everything 
all of the intrigue, all the stuff that you like, all the speculation, mm-hmm. he, you're, it's essentially confirmed in this song. Mm-hmm. And Gucci Mane positions himself as this like evil supervillain, essentially. Yeah. And, and he just played the part of the villain so well. You know, it's like uh, he was like the ultimate hip hop heel for a very long time, mm-hmm. you know, in the way that like no one wanted to mess with Gucci Mane. And like one of the things that was just so impressive about him was despite all the drug addiction, despite all like sort of the crazy antics, he was so prolific and also so strategic, his like all that whole time. One of the things that I think is so impressive about Gucci Mane is that as far as I know, he's the only artist who not only sort of went the in, uh, like a really smart independent route at a time when a lot of artists were kind of getting trapped up in label politics, but he would master his mixtapes and put them out on iTunes as like proper MP3s. Uh, whereas, there, you know, as we've kind of talked about before on this episode, or sorry, uh, we've kind of talked about before in prior episodes, is that a lot of artists best work came out on mixtapes that are kind of lost to the internet a little mm-hmm, bit, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. So Gucci Mane was at the same time was sort of securing his legacy. And in some ways, even though the beef started like seven years earlier with truth, he kind of put like the period on the end of the beef. Yeah. I would say later. an exclamation mark. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll be right back to the episode in a moment, but first I want to bring you a message from our first sponsor. That is the fine folks at Myzeum of Toronto. For those of you that don't know, Myzeum is your Toronto museum. It's uh, an organization that creates programs and experiences that showcase Toronto's history, spaces, culture, architecture, and its people. And it represents Toronto's unique place in the world and does a really good job of talking about what's special about the city. So Museum of Toronto just launched a call for submissions for their fifth annual Intersections Festival, which takes place in April 2020. Museum Intersections is a festival that explores intersectional perspectives of Toronto through collaborative exhibits, events, and experiences, and brings together community, culture, arts, and heritage partners to produce compelling programs that explore lesser-known narratives of the city's underserved communities. Funding for next year's festival ranges from $3,000 to $10,000. The deadline to apply is June 30th, 2019. Head to museumoftoronto.com to learn more. Museum is your Toronto museum. There's there's also a line in the song where he says, I'll never let a nigga do me like Tip did flip. Mm. Which brings us to our next beef. It is Houston rapper Little Flip and Atlanta rapper T.I., over the King of the South name? King of the South name. It's it's just kind of funny to think about. I think it still is kind of like a, a controversial thing to call yourself. Like, for instance, calling yourself the King of New York mm-hmm. will inspire conversation and will, uh, you know, you you other rappers will press you. Yeah. I mean, but like Cardi B last year said she he, she was the King of New York. And she is. And she is. And then Grand, uh, Funk Master Flex was like, you're not the King of, of New York, which was like really annoying. And then she was like, she made an amazing video where she was in a hotel room and she's like, you know what? I'm not the king of New York. I'm the emperor. And then put a, a lampshade on her head. <laughs> <laughs> and then we knew she actually was the emperor of New York. Honestly, if you don't like Cardi B, you got to, you got to do some soul searching, man. Yeah. <laughs> like do some soul searching fam. Yeah. Like, um, but yeah, like, you know, around the time of this, this TI little flip beef is like, you know, I, as I've mentioned before on the, on the podcast, you know, I spent, my first 14 years of life in Toronto. Then I moved to Houston for 
like my high school years. And at the time I moved there, there were so many massive local stars, like mm-hmm. the the local, and a lot of these people became famous nationally, like in the years after I lived there. Mm-hmm. Um, but like just just to run down the list of the people that were like you know around in Houston when I first moved there, who were like noteworthy rappers, you got Paul Wall and Chameleonaire, Slim Thug, uh, Mike Jones, who, <laughs> you know, Little Flip. Um, there was just a lot of people go go like there's there was like a very like fertile like local scene there, mm-hmm. and with all of these people, you know, not even to mention like Zero, Trey, the Truth, like mm-hmm. there's just like the list just goes on and on Hawk. of pe- Big Hawk, yeah. Big Mo, yeah. Big Pokey, like it's just like there was so many people that like everyone was into like listening to locally, but the most popular rapper in my high school and I think in Houston at large at the time was Little Flip. And he was actually probably the most popular Houston rapper nationally at the time as well, with songs like Way We Ball, yeah, I, uh, Game Over, Sunshine. Yeah, I mean, the Game Over and Sunshine, that was around the era that then we started to see a lot of other like Houston rappers come up. Mm-hmm. But it, it was, he was... He was the, for, he was the forerunner, though, yes. nationally. Yes, that's true. It's true. And I think a lot of it stems from his connection to DJ Screw. Like, he has a lot of famous Screw freestyles. He was known as the Freestyle King. Um, and he was really good at like a genuine off the top freestyle. Mm-hmm. He was, I mean, he's amazing at it. If you've never listened to Little Flip before, uh, some of the best things you can listen to besides like some of his hits are his DJ Screw freestyles, which he was very young. Yeah, he was like eighteen. Yeah, in a lot of the. Um, if if you're in the Boosie Fade Facebook group, when we post this episode in the group, uh, I'm gonna I'll post in the comments a bunch of Little Flips, like some of my favorite Little Flip uh, freestyles. Mm-hmm. And he was like a true, like off the top, like rhyme for many minutes type of freestyler. And yeah. would say a lot of really hilarious lines. Yeah. And it's also great because he would, he, when he would mess up, he would reference it and yeah. then, and then fit and then, you know, get back on beat. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Which is great. Yeah. Um, but he, uh, he at some point referred to himself as the king of the South. Yeah. And I, and even more so, I think that like, uh, TI, who was sort of like an upstart at the time, very early on started call it referring to himself as the king of the south before ti became the national star before the atl and what you know and king and even before uh you know you should know me and and he started really getting like major airplay himself kind of in 2004 when he was like just kind of rising off rubber band man um you know that Brian on 20 foes and he was sort of becoming the, the him along with Jeezy were like the two real rising stars out of Atlanta at the time. So, uh-huh. I, also I, I I kind of got the origins of their beef wrong. It was that Flip took took issue with yes. TI calling himself exactly, the King of the South. Yeah. And this was like when TI was incarcerated in yeah. 2004. And the like the funny part about it what at least from what I recall from the beef uh documentary series <laughs> is that it's allegedly that there was like a woman that they both knew who uh, who was essentially asking, who like essentially asked Lil Flip how he felt about T.I., this less successful artist, referring to himself as the King of the South. And then Lil Flip was like, who's T.I.? I don't know. You know, I don't care about T.I. I'm Lil Flip basically, more or less. I think it, he probably would have put it a little differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and... And, like, just off that alone, it was kind of like T.I. sort of uh, 
smell blood in the water a little bit because I don't think Ti, I don't think Lil Flip appreciated the momentum that Ti's career was sort of gaining at that point. Uh huh. Yeah, and then I mean, it it got it got physical at some it point. Did. It did. Um, because apparently, like you know, Ti at some point went to. Uh, Little Flip's neighborhood in in Houston, with the with the intent of of creating a DVD that would expose Little Flip as a fraud. Yeah, what, what an era where people yeah. were just making like making <laughs> disc DVDs. Yeah. So I mean, depending on who you ask, there was a brawl. Uh, well, we know there was a brawl. Depending on who you ask, someone won. Um, the dominant narrative that kind of came out afterwards was that Ti won. Uh, little Flip's friends said little Flip one. Hmm, um, imagine that. Yeah, but uh, what's most important about this is that uh, Ti was able to seize upon little Flip getting in a leprechaun suit uh, <laughs> because he's from an area of uh, Houston called Cloverdale, Cloverland, Cloverland. Part of me, and uh, in one of he has there's a few disses that like went back and forth. Probably the the biggest one from TI to um, to Flip is uh, it's like he does a sort of freestyle of a 99 problems. And my favorite lyrics are actually often in diss songs. Generally, it comes when they're talking at the end, not just in the rhyming. <laughs> and he goes, Lil Flip, man, you need to get me one of them bow ties and one of them top hats. Please, I need one. A glitter bow ties <laughs> and one of them top hats. I want this Halloween, I want to be the leprechaun. This Halloween, can I please get a glitter blow tie, bow tie and a top hat, please? And my very own pot of gold to squat over like a little bitch. <laughs> I also loved your 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 reading of that. That was very... That was like a... <laughs> it's, like a, it's like a theater actor right. <laughs> um should we listen to one of these this songs yeah let's listen to ni- the 99 problems because it, it's like you can kind of hear ti's flow is like really strong you ain't gotta like me but you're gonna respect me hey else get wet like a jet nigga take 10 of these and live that'll impress me say i want to rap on the song you wouldn't let me see you on the front of the source like that upset me the fuck in the ass i ain't mad about shit try and tip shot quick so your ass gonna get gonna get and i ain't finna put a mask on flip i'm gonna empty out the clip and your ass gonna flip Bitch, your moms and your dad gon' trip But then the consequences try to mash on till Nigga, lyrically, I murk you Physically, I hurt you You ain't never ran the streets You had a curfew Listen, nigga, playing with me You be in the dirt soon Look you in the eyes See you sweet like perfume And honestly, the, the, the outcome of this beef is that Little Flip was never the same I know, it's kind of tragic to me, to be honest It is, it is really tragic, actually Because, like, honestly, like I think Flip is still a legend in Houston. Mm-hmm. I think anybody who, you know, like like myself who lived in Houston at that time knows like what how special he was and like just how even, you know, with so much competition he was the top of the heap. Mm-hmm. But it's like so many other Houston rappers were more successful than him after this. Mm-hmm. And I, a big part of this is because TI kind of TI kind of ruined his career. Yeah, you know what? Another thing is that like you know, little like little Flip was calling himself the Leprechaun, and we were down with it. Yeah, exactly. We were like, yeah, that nigga a Leprechaun. <laughs> you know, and what of it? You know, 
And who has who has any problems with that? We we were repping the leprechaun. Right. But then as soon as T.I. started making fun of him, we were like, oh, yeah, that is a little goofy. <laughs> <laughs> you know? We're like, why is he wearing... You know, he has an album cover with him, like, you know... Dexed out as... De- not just any leprechaun, but it's like the Lucky, Lucky Charms, Charms yeah. leprechaun. And, oh. you know, it, like, it's it's really funny. It's extremely funny. Um, It's a shame what happened to Flip, but, you know, he's still, still a legend in our eyes, yeah. and... I don't know. When Travis Scott was doing his Astro World uh, stuff mm-hmm. last last year, mm-hmm. he re- flip with flip like he reached out to flip. Flip was a part of like some of the stuff that was going on in Houston at the mm-hmm. the old screwed up Click store or screwed up tape store. So um, I think that you know people still know, but I think that he flip deserved better, and Ti did not did not want that for him. No, he did him dirty. Yeah, he did do him dirty. And that's it for this week's episode of Catch Up. Thank you very much for listening. It was fun to to talk about some some of these beefs. Mm-hmm. It's like, I mean, I think the the good the thing here is that I think a lot of this stuff is really worth going back to and listening to, whether mm-hmm. or not you had whether or not you were around for or you were a hip hop fan when it originally happened, or if you're just like learning about it now. Yeah, because it's just like these are these are parts of hip hop history that are I think pretty interesting and occasionally pretty funny. Yeah, and I mean, you know. Pusha Drake aside, like beef has kind of disappeared from rap a little bit, mm-hmm. um, especially beyond like local scenes. And generally, the local stuff tends to be the more, the less fun. Kind, yeah, it's true. You know? It's true. When it's like kind of two rap stars competing for like national attention, basically to like who's the king of the south or something like that. Like I'm just kind of competing for rep in um, and like attention. That's like kind of when we get the most fun stuff. You know, um, mm-hmm. whereas like the sort of beefs that happen in smaller scenes can often be the the less fun kind. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So once again, if you're listening, you should uh, check us out. Follow our Instagram account. It's at Catch Up Podcast. You can send us messages, send us recommendations, send us feedback. Um, also, visit our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash catchuppodcast. Your support means the world to us, and it's a huge factor in helping us continue to do the podcast the way we're doing it and to mm-hmm. also grow and expand. Um, outside of that, you know, just as, as we always say, like, tell a friend if you like the podcast. Spread mm-hmm. the word. Um, you you know, know, Go into their phone. Subscribe, subscribe for them, them if you need to. Yeah. Uh, they'll be like, what's this? And then they'll... Look, listen to it. They'll be delighted. They'll message you. Thanks. That's that's how it works. Um, and you know, we're just a little independent podcast, and and all all your support really really does matter. It does indeed. So thank you very much. We'll be back next week with two more beefs to get through. Until then, goodbye. <laughs>